let's say you want to record a specific bird, then you need to know where to find that bird. Is it in Malaysia or in Thailand? Let's say Thailand. Then when do you go? What time of the year? Based on rainy season? Is it warm? Is it when uh, are those birds making the best uh, sounds, basically? In this episode of the FICA Sessions, we sit down with audio director Alex Riviere to find out all we can about sound design for video games. Hi, Alex. Hey, Peter. Hi, welcome. Thank you. It's so fun to have you here. Mm -hmm. You brought Fika. Oh, yeah. So I brought those uh, magnificent uh, French croissants. They're, they're Swedish versions of French croissant, but you've given this bakery a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's my go-to bakery, basically, uh, in Malmo. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, really good. But I, I ju I'm just happy to know that, that you have cleared them, that yeah, you've given yeah. them the thumbs up. So you work as an audio director here yep. at Massive Entertainment. Can you give me kind of a starting out, just a top level kind of description of what an audio director does? Yeah, sure. It's 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 a mix of uh, it's a mix of things, right? So um, it's a mix of um, team management, mentoring, hiring, strategic planning, um, outsourcing management. But the um, the core of the role is actually. Um, to craft um, a creative audio vision, basically, mm -hmm. for the project um, that will serve the creative direction from the direct, uh, creative director and um, also the lore, the setting, the story. Um, on top of that, uh, there is also um, the technical audio pipeline that needs to be defined, basically, uh, because with the right taken tools uh, to allow us to deliver that creative vision. Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting because the, the you talk about the creative vision, like the audio creative vision, mm -hmm. and you need to put that on paper. Basically. Yep. How, how does that work? How do you put what the game is going to sound like on paper? It's the same. It's a mix. So um, it's it's a mix of yeah, paper, um, the PowerPoint, basically with some nice slides. Basically, the the goal is to the first step is to define the goals basically for audio on the project. So it's it's a more design approach. It's okay. like a design pillars. What are the main three goals basically that we need to reach and then then you have different sections in the audio vision and that takes takes a while to build as well it's not like you've built in the beginning and then it's done right so project lasts a triple a project lasts for a long time so you yep. come back on it and you iterate so you will start with your goals and hopefully those won't change too much because that's your framework right um on top of that uh, we will define any categories of song in the game and um, give them some keywords aesthetic keywords um, and then we have what we call previous target videos yep. uh, so some captures from other games other movies other actual games and we're gonna redo the the sound basically in a linear fashion in post-production yep. so we can control exactly and uh, demonstrate the different um, design we have and different ideas basically so it's more of an audiovisual kind of presentation in that sense you actually mm -hmm. have like reference <coughs> sounds yeah, it's a mix uh, because on top of that, you have the music direction that we yep. need to craft for the project <laughs> as course. well. So um, we're going to make some uh, original music with the selected composer or composers. Um, what else do we have? The voice direction, casting. So basically, we take care of everything, uh, sound effects, voice, music related in the game. But how did you end up in Malmo? 
and <laughs> at massive of course it's, it's a quite uh, a typical journey i was spotted on myspace and i was doing music on the side basically um, as a hobby and then um Next things you know, I've signed my first uh, work contract with uh, Sony ATV Music Publishing in France as a uh, composer and music producer. Right. Still finished my. Uh, I, l- I love how you say that very. Like, I became a music producer. It's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, but it came uh, out of nowhere as well. So that's why I see <laughs> oh, it like that. Uh, I was composing music. I started music when I was six, right? Yeah. I learned the piano, uh, keyboards. Uh, when I was 12, starting, it started to be bored about the lessons. Um, so I was telling my mom, sorry, mom, that I was uh, going to the class, but actually I was going with friends playing pools and, you know, those uh, kind of things. Uh, as you do. But basically when I was 13, 14, I started to create my own melodies, start to compose my own tracks. And then um, some friends were coming home to record. So I got my first um, um, pretty bad microphone and sound card, <laughs> really cheap. Um, I had my keyboard with a 16 track sequencer in it. And then uh, friends were coming and were re- recording in, in two tracks uh, on Soundforge, basically the beat and the voice and right. uh, one take. And that's how I started when I was yeah, 13, 14. And then I, I kept doing that. Basically, I was doing music every day from, from uh, that uh, time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so basically I started after that, uh, finished my school, um, worked for, on the music industry for Sony Music and like, worked on like 20, 25. Uh, record album in France, mainly uh, urban music and a little bit of electronic. Um, but at some point, it started to be bored and I wanted to do something else. Um, and the logical next step for me was games. Don't ask me why. I don't know. <laughs> I was just uh, about to ask why yeah. is that the logic? I was always uh, interested about the interactive aspect of uh, audio in games. Right. Um, and I wanted to, to work in, in that field. Um, but the thing is, we are roughly in 2008, 2009. And back in the days in France, that's that's just a few companies that could hire uh, sound designers. Uh, Ubisoft, Quantic Dream, maybe not, not that's about it. Um, and you have to go through either internship, but to be able to go to internship in France, you need to be at school, not at school anymore, um, or QC, QA path, um, mm. or you need to know someone, yeah. <laughs> which was not my case. As always. Yes. Uh, and I already had like kind of a established career right in the music industry because it was going pretty well. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to to start from scratch again and everything. Um, so basically, I decided uh, that I needed to leave and go abroad to make an experience where I could find uh, more companies, bigger markets, so more opportunities to find a job. Um, I was uh, hesitating between Canada and China, um, and I decided to go to China for uh, personal reasons. So I went to China with a backpack um, and a return ticket. I never uh, returned. <laughs> so after about 10 days of uh, interviewing with every games company, I totally failed to find a job uh, in that industry. But I found a job in a post-production sound studio, basically. Um, so <laughs> call my parents and I'm not coming back. So <laughs> you can go to my apartment in Paris and empty everything. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, I'm just going to stay for a year or two. Yeah. yeah. I've stayed eight years, so that's a quarter of my life in China. I'm quarter Chinese, probably. I don't know if they can say that, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it works. It works, yeah. Um, so basically, took the reign of that sound studio. I've done that for two, three years. Next thing you know, I had a full team. Oh, I was managing That was the movies, team. or...? Hmm? What was that, a post-production for movies, or for...? Yeah, it was a, it was a post-production sound studio. It's, it was the sister of a movie company, basically, in Shanghai. Right. 
Um, but when I came in, the, the studio was full of equipments, already set up, no team. So I got the keys. And uh, so I had to work on a, uh, a TV show once a week and a press report uh, every morning. Um, but the rest of the time, I was free to do whatever I wanted with the studio. That was the deal, basically, with the movie producer. And that was great because I started to build a team, uh, develop a network, and then I opened the studio to video games as well because I wanted to make an experience. And that was the thing that I was missing, right? To find a job, have a showreel, make an experience in games. Um, so I've done that for two or three years. And then I decided that, yeah, I'm going to try again to, to work in video games. In-house is what I wanted to do. Uh, applied again, met some more people, had some more interviews because it was more experience, um, but not enough. So failed again to find a job. <clears throat> so after that, I decided that uh, I'm just going to create my own job. Um, so I started freelancing for games, um, labeling my name under uh, Game Audio Lab, built a um, registered company for uh, invoicing and everything. Uh, but same, two months after I barely started, uh, I got a pretty big contract. So then um, found facilities, opened the sound studio, built the sound studio, uh, open area, HR, content, business development, uh, a few sound designers, partner composers, and uh, there I goes running That's a company, cool. which was not the, not the point in the first place. The goal was to make an experience for a few years and then find a full-time job. Right. Um, so running the company, we've done that for three years-ish. Um, everything went pretty well. But then... Uh, one of my clients was really interested to have me uh, full-time because at some point um, I was doing the audio direction for their project, the assets. Then I started to work on site to implement and mix for them. Um, so I was doing like uh, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. basically in their studio and overnight in my studio and seven days a week and that for a year. And then at some point I was like, yeah, it's not really sustainable. No. Um, so we, we agreed basically the company was uh, CCP Games in Shanghai. And uh, so I moved to the CCP Shanghai. I opened the audio department, built a sound studio again, hired the team again, most of the people coming from my previous company, and, um, and then sold my previous company and studio to another of my clients, basically. And there I go. Finally, I found a job in the game <laughs> industry after trying for, yeah, six years almost. Yeah. Um, so I've done that for two years in Shanghai, and then I moved to London for two, two more years. Uh, still at CCP Games, but um, looking more for um, on the global role, basically. So looking at uh, the audio vision and the technical and creative execution for all the projects of all the studios. So Reykjavik, London, and Shanghai. Um, done that for two years. And then, uh, then I went to see a football match in London. I was living in Fulham and uh, Stamford Bridge was not that far. And it was uh, Chelsea against Malmo. I went to see a football match, it was pretty good. And then uh, the week after, I got an email from Ubisoft, uh, recruitment basically, saying, hey, we're hiring for an audio director in Manuel, are you interested? Then I was like, yeah, I, the football match was pretty good. It's a sign. <laughs> Let's talk. It's a sign. <laughs> we lost, right? Yes, 3-0. Yeah, but uh, it was a good game. And the, the fans were actually amazing. Um, and then that's how we started to talk. And six months after that, um, I was here at Massive, basically. I mean, that story blows my mind yeah because you mentioned it in early on like the, the the a typical journey in the games industry starting is that kind of intern qz qa um starting point mm -hmm. and <laughs> you just went the other direction yeah just the whole creating your own studio <clears throat> creating your team it's a creating your job and that mm -hmm. like okay so i want to do games so i create a 
company myself. Yep. That does games. I, I think it's yeah. just... Usually it's the other way around, right? People work in games for like 10, 15, 20 euros, and then they decide, okay, I want to be my own boss yep. and make my own company. Um, but I'm done with that, so I'm super happy to be in-house and focus on one or two projects for a long time yep. and uh, try to achieve uh, something very unique. The, what I'm trying to say is that uh, basically, if the door is closed, try to go through the window. Yep. Let's see where that takes you. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just... It's uh, for me. Yeah, it's a little bit of honestly. luck. It, it's a lot of hard work as well. It, it, yeah. was, not, it was a very uh, sinuous path, obviously, yeah. right? But uh, a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, finding, uh, meeting the right people and, and always trying. Then like, just achieve your goals, basically. Moving from that, digging into the more technical aspects of your job, mm -hmm. the the classic question I always ask, like, how does a regular day at work for you, what does it look like? It's now, you do a lot of other things in the technical stuff, but generally, how, how does a day in the life of an audio director look? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I start by yeah, syncing up with the team. We have the daily stand-up. Uh, answering any any questions uh, anybody might uh, have in the team, um, but then yeah, that's that's the the part I like about the job as well is that every day is really different. Some days I will focus on the vision, writing some creative brief for some specific features. Um, some days it's all about uh, budget management, strategic planning, um, but I always try to keep two days per week. I try at least where I can be hands-on, basically, uh, yeah. on the game, uh, on the build, and uh, implementing some sounds, mixing. Um, it's the best way also for me to go into all the small, tiny details that the team has been working on. Yeah. Um, and then I can feedback and have discussion with them. But if we're going to move from that into the creation of a sound, mm -hmm. so where do you, hypothetically, <coughs> let's start with the easy one, uh, I guess would be a gun. Mm -hmm. um, what is the process? Easy one. Yeah. Sorry, easy one. It's an easy example. It's not an easy thing yes. to create, of course. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but where where would you start? How does the process look to create a sound for a video game? Well, if you take a gun, for example, let's take an uh, assault rifle, which is a weapon that most gamers know, right? Um, it starts with the vision. What do you want to do? What's the style of the game? What's the aesthetic? Do you go sci-fi, fantasy, contemporary? If you go, let's say, contemporary, do you go uh, realistic simulation, battlefield kind of approach for, for audio, or more rewarding, exciting, fun, a bit more Call of Duty? And then, um, so defining the right style that goes with, of course, the vision and everything, um, which is also connected to the visual style, so the art vision. Is it a cartoonish game, a realistic game and everything? that helps to define the aesthetic as well. Um, so define your aesthetic, and then um, then you have many different ways to make a, a song. So if you take a full set for an assault rifle, for example, you will have all the firing sounds, obviously, um, but also the weapons handling, reloading, mic in, mic out, uh, uh, bolt actions, uh, moving with the gun. You might want to have some kind of um, gun feeling to your uh, movements uh, fully, basically. Um, so you could you could go with recording your own songs, your own for the your own gunshots. And text time might cost a bit as well. So it depends if you work on the AAA project or not. And then if it's a AAA project, is it a project that is built around the gun? Is it a shooter, for example, or is it um, the fighting and the shootings 
on the side compared to the story or something else yeah. of the world. Um, so you could record your guns, you could use sound libraries as well. And then it's a lot of editing, designing, putting things together, making it sound like you want. Um, if you go with sci-fi fantasy, you might want to use some uh, either modular synthesizers, analog or uh, sound synthesis in digital, basically, and add some what we call sweetener layers to make it sound a bit more sci-fi and futuristic. And or you can compress and uh, process your sound differently as well. Even. Um, if you record your guns, the problem is the problem. The challenge is um, you might have to record your weapons with a lot of different mics yeah. from a lot of different perspectives because you just cannot record the close-up sound and be like, okay, I'm going to process it to make it sound like it's 100 meters away from you. You have to get different source recording. You will process on top of that and get some nice attenuation filtering and everything, but you need to record different sources. And then you need to record all those different sources with different perspectives most likely in different environments, canyon, urban, forest, uh, whatever you can think of, because then, then you have the tail of the weapon that will change basically based on the environment you're in, in the game. Uh, long answer, sorry. No, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here, like all, there's all these things that you don't actually think that much about, like mm -hmm. the, the different perspectives that you have to record in. I think that's, yeah. that's great. Um, you were talking about, about the tail, for example, how does, how does a general like? How do you work with a sound, a, a single sound? Like, how is the, how is it layered? <clears throat> yeah, if we take a, do you have different ways to do it? Right, it's not like one way. Um, I know the way I like to approach my weapons on design, for example. So yeah. I can give you some tips about that. Um, so for one shot, it's still on the assault rifle, so full automatic weapon. Um, I would break down different layers for one shot. So from the um, high transient, high impact sound is the first one you will have. Then you have, it's like a sequence, right? So you have the high transient, then you have the body of the shot, then you have the tail, and then you can get, in that sequence, you can get also additional layers. Um, the mechanical layer, it's the, the sound of uh, the metallic aspect of the weapon moving when you fire. You have the bullet being ejected, most likely you're gonna add a bass thumb layer, basically to make it sound a bit more beefy uh, mm -hmm. and more rewarding. Um, that's uh, quite a gamified approach. And then uh, LFE for people playing in 5.1 or 7.1. So that's the base uh, for the subwoofer. Um, and then you can add sweeteners and whatever you need basically on top of that. Then you have all those players, uh, layers playing at the runtime, basically every time you trigger on the, on the controller, um, which means also I can make the first shot and the one in the middle is a bit different. And the last one will be the one with the tail and probably the bullet casing on the ground. Right. which will detect the different ground materials and will record different bullet casing based on different ground materials. Um, and same for the tail, it takes the environment surrounding the player, plays the right uh, tail, basically. Yeah, that's um, yeah, so about it. What I found so fascinating about, because sound really is, at times, that what really brings you into the world. It makes you feel realistic, even if it's uh, fantasy or mm -hmm. sci-fi. Yeah. The sound really helps to make the world Believable, but it's also like just stuff that fascinates me. Is listening to car sounds, for example, mm -hmm. in games. Like, how do you make the a sound of an engine, like continuous sound, yeah. and then braking, swerving, everything? But it's still it's the same approach. You need to record basically. So you record every perspective depending on the game yeah. inside the car. Uh, put some mic near the engine um, on the racetrack, uh, outdoors. So you will have 
I don't know. I don't want to give a number, but you will have a lot of microphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you need to monitor everything and you need to make sure everything is recorded properly. So it's, it's a big team as well to record a, a weapon or a car, for example. And then you will record different speed and different uh, idles and different idles at different speeds. And then you will uh, put that beautifully in the game using a what we call a audio middleware or the game engine directly. Uh, and that allows you basically to, to blend between the different uh, recorded. And then you will have a parameter. Uh, provided by the, the game engine, which is the brain of the game, that tells you, okay, what is the speed of the car that the, the player is controlling right now? And you get that value, and that value you, will be translated into what sound do we need to play and how do we blend between the different uh, speeds and the different sounds. There's so many small details, and yep. it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's to, I'm, I'm smiling just listening to. I mean, if all we take the, the, the assault rifle, for example, the same example, um, the type of parameters we'll have on that will get. Uh, ammunition feedback most likely so how many ammunition left in the mag of the yeah. player and then the less you have the more metallic it sounds it's kind of a common approach for most uh, fps for example and that's why we have also all those layers brought down because then you can okay i'm going to lower the volume of the body shot but increase the mechanical layer and then you can play and mix at runtime same if you aim or scope and scope basically a weapon then you can change the balance a little bit it's it's all very small and tiny details that uh, hopefully nobody noticed because that's kind of part of the job, right? If nobody noticed, that means we've done a good job. Yeah. If people notice that uh, sound, is, it's either we've done an amazing job or there is a problem somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of, uh, yeah that's, that's part of that being brought into the world and making it feel more realistic no matter mm -hmm. what it is. So, but to, to that as well, like one thing you see a lot in, in games criticism, for example, mm -hmm. is one thing that comes up from time to time is like the sound isn't not realistic, but it's not rewarding enough. Mm -hmm. Like for example, guns, like guns don't, I don't feel the impact. I don't yeah. feel them. Um, doesn't feel like I'm actually shooting a gun. It feels like a pea shooter, even if it, mm -hmm. it's kind of typical uh, games criticism. Yeah. Sorry to all journalists watching this, but it, it often comes up. Mm -hmm. But what do you think makes a good sound? It's a, it's a very tricky question because it might be part of your audio vision to decide to make the, the gun not super rewarding as well. Mm. Maybe a design choice. Uh, so it's good sound. Yeah, it, it, it's very subjective. It depends on the aesthetic and the, the creative approach you have for a weapon. Then one thing that you always need to have is good production value, good technical execution and quality, so great recording great processing, great mixing. If you have that and it's um, within your audio vision, then you could basically. That's the thing as well. When it comes to sounds, it's one of those things that maybe you don't really think about. We mm -hmm. were talking about that before, that when it's really good game or sound design, you don't really think about it as yeah. such in a way that you would do with bad sound design or mm -hmm. not fitting sound design, which I, I, I think is really uh, really interesting part of it. Like I had friends that are really into, they study sound engineering and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And just seeing how passionate you guys get about audio in general, I, I find it because I know nothing about it. But seeing you guys really mm -hmm. start going on it, it's, it's super, super cool. Yeah. So yeah, you were talking about recording all the different gun sounds mm -hmm. or uh, engine sounds. Like you do actual field trips. Mm -hmm. uh, we can start plugging, like for example, a video we have on our massive YouTube channel where you 
uh, the audio team actually went to Chernobyl mm -hmm. to record silence. Yeah. Which is one of those things that definitely blows my mind. Like, how does a, one, a field trip like that look like? And how do you approach silence in a game? Oh, silence in the game is a, is a big topic because... Um, That's what we're here for. Yeah, you can, you can <laughs> use silence for a lot of stuff. You can use silence to condition the, the player, basically. to Because when you hear silence in the game or movie, you expect something to happen next, right? Most likely. Or you put uh, silence, but it's not actually silent. You fake silent. Uh, it's more about the expectations of silence against what lives in the world the rest of the time and how noisy it is when you play the game. Um, also, if you have a very important uh, story bit coming, um, or you want to create some kind of in-your-face cinematic effects, you might want to do silence, because yep. then what comes after that um, becomes more powerful, basically. Um, then how do we plan field recording trips? Um, so it depends. Depends. It's the same. Like when you work on a game, you can decide. Okay, I want to use more budget to record guns, or I want to record um, environment sounds, uh, birds, fauna, whatsoever. What makes the most sense, basically, based on your audio vision, the budget you have, the time you have, the resources. Um, let's say you want to whatever you want to record. That's a lot of uh, scouting. You need to go there or uh, partner with some field recordist, a specialist, basically that knows exactly what what you can record when, let's say, you want to record a specific bird, then you need to know where to find that bird. Is it in Malaysia or in Thailand? Let's say Thailand. Then when do you go? What time of the year? Based on rainy season? Is it warm? Is it when uh, are those birds making the best uh, sounds, basically? And then uh, night and day, dawn and dusk, most likely. You want to have different recordings, right? Because they, they will behave differently. Um, if it's raining or if it's sunny, Maybe they might sing differently or just to sing if it's running, most likely. Um, so those kind of things, that's that's a lot of planning before actually going in the trip. And then, of course, listing down all microphones you might need, recorders, how many people, how many perspective and everything we already talked about. Yeah. yeah. So it takes months. Triple yeah. A game development is yeah. it's, it's huge. It's huge, but it's it's also the, the fun part about it. Oh, yeah. Because then you work on very different games. And then you learn from those games. Um, instead, I've seen any birds documentaries on Netflix and online that I could have seen. Uh, and then guns. Uh, at some point, when I was uh, living actually in Shanghai, I was doing a lot of research about um, weapons and guns because of the, the games I was working on back in the days. Um, fire rate, type of sounds, um, the range of the weapons, whatever you can think of. I'm going into like uh, specs detail, um, video on YouTube of people firing different guns. Um, to a point where I've been asked to stop <laughs> because I was doing that at the studio and uh, like a bit concerned about uh, yeah if someone sees all the researches you're making it's, it's gonna be it's gonna feel a bit weird so but that's the fun part about the job is that every time you change project you jump on another one you're gonna learn a lot of stuff about it you're gonna read some white papers you're gonna learn about real world science that's the the probably one of the parts I, I like the most yeah. in my job yeah. You were speaking about, uh, you mentioned like fire rate and range and stuff there. Mm -hmm. How do you work with other teams, like the game design team, for example? Yeah. How, do you, how do you work together with them? Uh, it's it's day-to-day -day collaboration, basically. So they will define, they add uh, exactly the, the range of the weapon uh, in terms of damages. And then we try to replicate that into the song, obviously. So we can uh, provide contextual gameplay feedback to the players. Um, 
fire rate as well is, is defined by design. So you need to craft a song in a way that it will work with your with the fire rates. The fire rate might change during the game development cycle because making a game takes a long time and a lot of iteration between different teams. Um, so they might change it. So you can you could use a parameter for that. You could be like, okay, fire rate will be translated into a trigger rate for audio, for example. Hmm. And then there you go. They can change the the RPM of a gun, and you don't have to change the sound. You will have to change a bit the sound because yeah, you are meticulous. And <laughs> you want the sound to sound perfectly at a perfect, uh, predefined fire rate. Yeah. But at least it offers flexibility basically to change. Also, you might have some option in the game like uh, uh, buff debuff functionalities where you, your weapon will shot uh, way faster basically or slower and might make more damage based on the same archetype of weapon that may happen. So it's better to be prepared. You never know what those designers would come up with, basically. <laughs> never. So I know it's, it's better to anticipate and it's a lot of discussion and uh, and collaboration, but you're looking at a team of a scope of one, two, three, four, five, six hundred people. Yep. Um, so I'm really glad we have a lot of producers as well, because those guys are facilitators. Yeah. So we do our own planning, we decide what we're going to do. We talk with designers, art, animators, VFX, uh, code, um, and then uh, then the producers will make sure that they have tasks also and time to help support basically and keep the flow because then if an animator changes an animation, we have to change the footage recording and the sound or re-edit the sound put that in the game. So we all need to be connected yep. all the time, five days a week basically. I know exactly what is going when and where um, with a lot of people. Yep. So you need to keep track of basically every little change that happens too. Yep. Uh, that's uh, just hearing again all those little details that goes into your job, like all these parameters that might might change. Mm -hmm. so you you must be involved very very early in the project. Yeah, basically at concept uh, right at the very beginning. So we have a different phase when you make a game, right? So you have the the concept is kind of the what it is. Um, it's a paper, mood board, uh, concept videos, differs from one studio, one company to another, basically, and then prototypes. So you, try to make a, a mini game, you try the core mechanics to make sure that the game is fun. And then you go into a production, pre-production, production, alpha, beta, yeah. um, and shipping, basically. For audio, usually, I try to be involved um, at least uh, at the director level. I think you should be involved at concept phase, yeah. uh, because that's how you can start to think about your vision and prepare everything. So before you will welcome the team, you prepare basically what you want to do, and you have a bit more time with less team management and mentoring to do uh, previous video, targets video, and you know find the, the right sound and aesthetic. Um, and then you get most likely uh, a lead. So that's the the person that will manage the team on a day to day basis and join you, a few team members, and then you want a producer. Yep. As soon as you pass a threshold of like uh, five people in the team, you need a producer basically yep. because then it, it will become chaos again. So. <laughs> It's part of the fun. Yep. You know what time it is? It's uh, croissant o'clock. It's croissant o'clock. Croissant. How do I croissant. pronounce it? Croissant. Croissant. Yeah, pretty croissant. How do you say that in Swedish? Croissant. Croissant. No, that, that sounded. <laughs> croissant. Croissant. I'm trying to make it sound like I'm from uh, southern Sweden. Yeah. Croissant. Croissant. But do you have a translation for that? Or no, it's just, we don't. We just All right. butcher the word completely. All right. It's okay. So let's actually try them. Nice. I'm going to have one. Yeah. Secret, this is my third, four, fourth Fika today. Oh boy. 
I'm, I'm so gonna be so. This so. is just a lot of butter. It's a, these ones you can actually like feel the butter okay. on on them compared to some other bakeries in town. I'm just gonna. So you're happy with it? Yeah, it's really good. Not a big fan of the shape. No, you were. I'm French after all, so I have to be picky, right? You were talking about that before. They're supposed yeah. to be more like moon shaped. Yeah. Kind of thing. Exactly. It makes it um, hard to eat. But um, <laughs> obviously, I'm. <just> <laughs> 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 but they are really good. Quicker and nice. The taste is, is really nice. Yeah, they're amazing. And thank you very, very rude to talk with <laughs> food in your mouth. One of the problems with this show. Mm. Thank you so much for coming, Alex. Thanks, Peter. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for telling, telling your crazy background story yeah. and giving yeah. us more insight into what could make sense in game. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining our Fika today. We put a bunch of useful links in the description, so make sure to check those out if you want to learn more. Also, remember to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff you do on the internet. Until next time, take care.